unsteady way up the stairs to his bed, where he had passed out almost instantly. Once the snoring started, Martine and Otto had allowed themselves to relax, and had also swiftly fallen asleep, clasped in each other's arms in the narrow little iron cot that had been Martine's bed since childhood. Otto was certain, given the amount of booze Martine's father had probably shipped the previous night, that Jean-Paul wouldn't awaken now till late, giving him ample time to slip away. And the precaution with the footwear was more than likely unnecessary, but there was no point in tempting Providence. Otto reached the kitchen, picked up an overturned kitchen chair and sat on it to put his boots on. When he'd finished lacing them up, he took his cap out of his pocket, set it on his head at the correct angle and let himself out of the farmhouse into the buffeting wind and lashing rain of a summer storm, the weather was marginally better than it had been for days. Dear God, the storm earlier in the week had been terrible. But it was still bad. Martine stood at her bedroom window and looked across the yard to the figure of her lover just visible through the rain as he went through the gate and then strode down the lane that led to the road to the airfield. Had he been stationary, his field-grey uniform would have blended into the monochrome countryside but his movement betrayed his position. In a few seconds he would turn the corner and be gone. So she watched until he did, not wanting in these desperate and unsafe days to lose a second more of his presence than absolutely necessary. Otto disappeared from sight. She sighed, left the window and began to dress. As she pulled on her rough wool trousers and coarse cotton shirt, she heard the rumble of guns, were they closer than yesterday, she wondered. Difficult to tell. She looked out of the window and saw the muzzle flashes off near the coast. A safe distance. A couple of days ago there had been a battle just down the road at Tea. That had been terrifying. The shells had landed frighteningly near, the ground had shaken, and the sudden hideous explosions had made her want to curl up with her arms over her head. Then the barrage had stopped and the machine guns had started up. But luckily it hadn't moved their way, and since then it had been relatively quiet. Her father, cowering with her in the cellar, had muttered things about the Allies consolidating their positions and engaging in flanking movements. But Martin didn't know whether this was old phrases from the Great War that he was regurgitating, blind speculation or stuff he'd heard from his visits to the café in the village that might contain a shred of truth. After the battle, they'd seen refugees from tea fleeing, pushing handcarts, prams, bikes, anything they could lay their hands on, laden with basic possessions, frightened and not knowing when or if they would be able to return to their houses. She knew it was inevitable that the war would storm past their little corner of France like some terrible hurricane, and Martine wondered if she should try to escape with her father out of the line of fire. But she couldn't leave the animals, and she was afraid that the thought of losing the farm completely might push her father right over the edge. Besides, they had nowhere to go, and they were probably as safe or in as much danger as they would bear anywhere in this region for the foreseeable future. Martine pulled on her boots and slipped out of her room. Time to do the milking. The cows wouldn't wait just because there was a war on. Unlike Otto, she clumped down the wooden stairs. 
Now Otto was safely on his way, who cared if her father woke up? And just for once, it would be nice if he did, then got out of his bed to help with the early morning chores. But what chance of that? When her mother had been alive and her father hadn't spent most of his time trying to find oblivion, there had been more than enough for the three of them to do. Now she seemed to be running the whole place almost single-handedly. She ran her work-roughened hands through her hair in despair. She woke up each day still feeling tired, and by the time she got back to her bed tonight, she knew she'd be completely exhausted. She sighed heavily. Feeling sorry for herself wasn't going to help anyone, and surely the war couldn't drag on for more than a few months. She entered the kitchen and went over to the range. She riddled the ashes and pushed some kindling into it. The embers still glowed from the previous day's carefully banked fire. In a matter of